Hi. That's Brittany. And that's Jonathan. And welcome back to another episode of Real Dumb Doc. Where we're going to be going over chapter 15 of Advent is Home, which is called... I can't read that from you. <laughs> from the Marriage Altar. From the Marriage Altar. So it's section 5 from the Marriage Altar, and chapter 15 is Solemn Promises. Okay, so just like every other episode, we're going to read uh, some sections that stood out to us. We're going to discuss them, and hopefully you will listen. So let's get into it. So, uh, first one here. God's purpose for the husband and wife. God made from the man a, wo- a woman to be a companion and help meet for him, to be one with him, to cheer, encourage, and bless him. He is in turn to be her strong helper. That is kind of the uh, that's a calling that most guys feel called to do to be like a strong uh, person in that relationship. So, yeah, I don't have much to say to the, with that one. I mean, it's true. Most most men that I have met have this this like innate. Um, need to help others and then when the person no longer needs their help they kind of feel bored with them which kind of creates this whole um, this whole dynamic of like um, people who look after look for broken people to fix them and then once they're fixed they just leave um, which that's great as long as you don't break their heart in the, <laughs> the in in the process of fixing them kind of thing and it's also not your job to fix people no, it's just your job to help people not to fix them. Yeah. And I guess that's one... I'm going to come sit next to you so that we actually can hear you. I guess that's one of the issues with <clears throat> modern day feminists and the feminist movement is it's creating um, an ideal in a bunch of women's uh, minds that men are no longer needed. Period. Yeah. And it's not like... I mean, God created man for a reason, and that's not saying that men are more powerful or more loved or more important than women. We have different purposes, and we both have purposes on this earth that are um, specific and outlined in the Bible and needed. And if you get rid of one of them, there's a lot of sections within a woman that are missing. I like. I know a lot of women want to say that um, I'm strong. I'm independent. I don't need no man. And you don't necessarily need a husband. Not everyone's called to be married, but there are specific purposes for men in life, like being a father. It's very important for a woman and a man to to grow up with a father figure in their life, whether they be biological or not. It's important for women to have male role models in their lives and it, within their surroundings, just as much as it is important for men to have female role models in their lives. Good female and male role models. Yes. <laughs> um, but if you, like, take for example, um, you know, uh, a woman is alone and she goes and gets pregnant, um, like, um, in a lab. And she has a child as a single mom. There's nothing wrong with that in theory. But then there comes that side of that child. First of all, if she has a boy there's that sense of there's there's pieces of the male 
understanding that are missing in a woman. There's certain things that women will not understand properly in a male. You'll never be able to relate to your male children if you're a woman. Okay. Not perfectly. They will never look they will never look at you and be fulfilled mentally and spiritually. They'll have pieces. They'll have a good chunk of life and their understanding of how life works, but there's still that something that like you're not a dude, so you you can't relate to what I'm going through inside my body. You have not lived as a man. Don't tell mm-hmm. me what I'm going through. Okay? And that child is going to seek for a male role model. And nothing you can do, no matter how you dress, how you act, how you talk, can replace that that male uh, that need, need for, for a male. male role model. Yeah, definitely. And the same goes for, you know... Um, a man that has a daughter and the man is a single dad Mm -hmm. and there are certain things that he just will not understand about growing up as a woman and it's often seen it's often more accepted in the world for a single dad to reach out to other women to help his his daughter because he doesn't know how to help them but it's kind of a little bit more um, it's kind of seen as normal for the woman to take on the role of the father for a, a male child but I don't think that should be the case. Like, there should be... It's detrimental to the child's upbringing. Yeah. Because you're removing part of what they need. And part of what they are from their lives. Mm-hmm. And hoping to replace that with some cheap knockoff. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that's Not pretty... that you as a person is a cheap knockoff, no, but you, your you version make... of a male. Yeah, you, you, make, you make a wonderful woman. And a wonderful female role model. But you would make a half-assed male role model. I'm sorry. You cannot expect to be a wonderful male role model if you are not male. You, you've already lost half the battle. Yeah, and half the battle comes with growing up as that sex. Mm-hmm. You know, like and understanding the, the trials, the challenges it is, going through puberty, dealing with friends, dealing with the opposite sex. They want someone to go to and ask their questions to, and you aren't that person because you are not male. So it's just a everyone needs a male and a female role model preferably a parent yeah a role model can substitute for a parent but will not give the exact same benefits that a child growing with two parents one of each sex will have as compared to a single mom or a single dad and I mean, like, there's circumstances that stop people from having that that yes. ability, which is understandable and God will provide. Um, but so in this case, they're talking a little bit more about um, husband and wife and how um, a wife is supposed to be the help meet. Sorry, I'm hungry. I need snacks. In the episode, So... The wife is created as a helpmeet for her husband, and that is if you are called to be married. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're made to perfectly be in harmony with each other and to accompany each other. And sin has obviously created an unbalance in that, but it is very much possible to find that harmony and that balance with your partner as long as you remember your purpose and the reasons you were created as your sex and as your role of a wife or husband. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's go into the other, the next one. Um, 
all who enter into matrimonial relations with a holy purpose, the husband to obtain the pure affections of a woman's heart, the wife to soften and improve her husband's character and give it completeness, fulfill God's purpose for them. Yep. Um, like, that's kind of plain English right there. Like, we as men are supposed to seek to, um, I guess win a, a woman's heart, if you want to put it in that kind of crude sense. And women are supposed to just kind of make us more mild and fill in the gaps of, of to make us complete. I mean, it, like, like God said that it's not good for man to be alone. And it's, I mean, what was it? Was, I think it was our pastor that told John this. He was like, you know, you're a great role model and a great leader, but you're missing a woman's touch. Yeah. Like there, there needs to, for you to be the best of the of your potential. You have to have, or you should have, your wife's input behind you, kind of thing, because it softens your touch and it allows you to be a lot more. It allows men to be a lot more compassionate and understanding towards not only his peers and people around him, but to children and to vulnerable people. Whereas men bring this sense of security and of. Um, the ability to stand your ground as a woman when you have that strength that your husband has showed you how to keep kind of thing. Mm-hmm. At least that's how it's been for me where like um, I have felt very weak in the past and like people will not take me seriously and having John here that not that people take me more seriously because he's here, but because he has taught me how to stand my ground and how to be taken more seriously as a Christian and as a human being. Okay. Um, Christ came not to destroy this institution, but to restore it to its original sanctity and elevation. He came to restore the moral image of God in man, and he began his work by sanctioning the marriage relation. Yep. That's exactly why he attended. Um, the wedding feast in Canaan. Cana. Cana war. Um, but yeah, God gave us... In, in, the, in the Garden of Eden, God gave us two sacred um, divine institutions. And he allowed us to keep those institutions after the fall, after sin entered the world. And that was the Sabbath, which is, you know, the seal of God, and marriage, which is... I think it's called the understand, like the understanding of God, how God understands love. Love. Er, he is love. So. He is love, but his relation with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm. So God has only come, and Christ has only said that He is going to. Oh my God! I'm about to sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> that He's come to just. Bring it back to what it's supposed to mean. All right. What is marriage supposed to be? Not what we have made it, but what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, next one here. He ordained that men and women should be united in holy wedlock to rear families whose members crowned with honor should be recognized as members of the family above. We kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but... God designed that a family should have a mother, a father, and children. Okay? And 
that is a perfect design. Remember, God is a perfect God who makes everything perfectly. Okay, so he designed the family unit to be perfect. Anytime one of those aspects is missing or is not being completed properly or haphazardly by one of its members, there's going to there, that's going to turn out in the way that the children are brought up. Mm-hmm. There is no substitute for a perfect design. Whether one parent is missing from the equation or one parent isn't giving it its all. Yeah. All right. There, you can't replace a perfect design with just, well, I think that, you know, well, the world says it's, it's, it's all right and it, it's fine if uh, I marry the same sex and we adopt a child. That is not the way God designed it. And your child will feel a little bit incomplete. Although there is also, you know, God still loves that child and the people mm-hmm. who reared that child. But, and, and God can fill that hole of that child being, feeling incomplete. Um, but, uh, and because obviously the world we live in is no longer perfect because of sin and God can work with that. But ideally, and as a Christian, you want to try to be as close to the ideal that God had created for us in the beginning. Um, but ideally, they would need the perfect set, um, the perfect setup for a family. And I mean, um, earlier, earlier on in, um, in one of the first chapters, Ellen White said, you know, um, the, the best ministry that you can have is of a godly family and to have your neighbors and your peers see just how godly your family and your household is. Um, so the relation between the wife and husband, as well as their children, um, and the upbringing of godly children creates this ripple effect of, of ministry that spreads the gospel without you even trying because your kids live the gospel. Very true. Okay. Um, the divine love emanating from Christ never destroys human love, but includes it. By it, by it, human love is refined and purified, elevated and ennobled. Human love can never bear its precious fruit until it is united with the divine nature and trained to grow heavenward. Yep. It's like um, expecting a plant to reach its its peak, its optimal um point without fertilizing it without pruning it etc etc you're expecting a plant to grow huge and have the biggest and best fruit but like you haven't given it the that push it needs to attain that and god is that push the fertilizer that our lives need in order to get to being the perfect uh and reach attain the highest that we can with our human lives and i mean so so the best example i can think of you know um human love being satisfying but bringing divine love into it making it much more than satisfying you make it fulfilling 
is, you know, you take a, a secular couple who are extremely happy together. You know, they have a great relationship as per worldly standards. Um, there's always going, like, it seems like they have a great relationship. But if you really dig deep into their relationship, there's always going to be at least one thing that you can tell that the devil, the devil is working against them. Um, and it's, sometimes that comes out in insecurities, in, um, in small arguments, in, you know, lack of communication, things like that. But if you bring God's divine love into it, you then see these relationships, which are really amazing to behold because you see the love between them is so much stronger than just the love that they have for each other because it becomes, it's no longer, I love you because you make me feel a certain way. It's, I love you because I want to make sure that you are safe. And whether that includes me or not, I want you to be right with God. And God becomes, I think, um, Kevin was the one that put it this way where he said, you know, you have... Um, equilateral triangle. Yeah, the equilateral, equilateral triangle um, where, you know, you, you have to go through God to reach each other. Yeah, but the only way you can get closer together is by getting closer to God. Was I was the... Yeah. I forget which triangle exactly it was. It was a, maybe it was an isosceles triangle. <laughs> might be a nice oscillates okay anyways whichever triangle it is you know you have to go through god to get to each other um which if you skip the god section then you know you're no longer a triangle you're just a line you're 2d you're missing a whole other dimension and you need that dimension to have that perfect love and to and to be able to feel fulfilled as a person as well as a couple and as well as a family. Because if you are, um, if you're not going through God, there's going to be something missing and you're going to be rash in your reactions and you're going to put others down without realizing that you're doing it. Um, and you know, within a godly family, every action and every word should be backed up by a prayer of um, guidance or and wisdom from God. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Like every other one of God's good gifts entrusted to the keeping of humanity, marriage has been perverted by sin, but it is the purpose of the gospel to restore its purity and beauty. That kind of adds to what we just said, right? Like, yeah. um, the whole purpose of the gospel is to restore the ideal that God had created for us that sin has perverted. Mm -hmm. What she said. <laughs> Okay, we can do another one then because that one was really short. Um, the grace of Christ and this alone can make this institution what God designed it should be, an agent for the blessing and uplifting of humanity. I mean, yeah, like we were saying, marriage can only be a blessing to humanity with God. Um, marriage without God is kind of just a show off. No offense to everyone getting married without God, but it's kind of just this, uh, let's spend $30,000 on one day to, you know, make this extravagant party and then, you know, like, literally, like, I don't understand the point of- It's a of huge celebration of lust and selfishness when you think about it. Yeah, because what's the point, like, what's the difference of being married in the world today? Other, like, if you're already living with the person, already having sex, you know, the only- 
thing that marriage would add is the blessing of God. But really, God wouldn't bless your marriage if you were already, you know, I mean, he, he might, I don't know how exactly that works. But if you're already committed to sinning against God, then he wouldn't bless your union. Um, and also a lot of people aren't even looking for the blessing of God. So what's the point of getting married? It's the big show. It's the... Um, I get to wear my dress. Yeah, the big dress, the nice suit, the... the Most guys don't care about the suit. I guess. Um, but yeah, so, you know, without the grace of Christ, um, the institution that is designed by God, marriage, is no longer marriage. I mean, it's a legal document that brings your, um, your assets together. Yeah. And I really... It makes it harder for the other person to leave, so it's... Most women who want to get married nowadays, it's out of selfishness because they don't want the other person to leave. It's a thirty thousand dollar trap. <laughs> but if God is in it, it's not that much money. Uh, if you're, you know, following the principles of the Bible, and you know, it's a celebration and a declaration of your love for each other and of your commitment for each other and of your love for God. Absolutely, and I think at least for us, our wedding was, you know, it was kind of a mixture, I guess, of secular and godly, but I think the godly kind of overtook it. The only thing that was like secular was the dress and everything. Um, but we had, because of COVID, we only had, what, there was like 15 people at our wedding. So it, it really was a, a small gathering and that allowed for us to sincerely focus on the marriage that we were going to live for the rest of our lives as opposed to the day of and then not focusing at all on the fact that now we have to spend the rest of our lives together and know each other better than we know anyone else wait you fart oh my goodness i can't do this no more <laughs> oh no <laughs> um but yeah also our wedding celebration is on youtube so you can go watch it if you want to um, you tell us if you think it was more secular or <laughs> godly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think we can end there and then part two, end off this chapter. Um, so do you have anything to add before we end it off? Uh, not really. I'm pretty, I'm pretty Gucci over here. Okay. Uh, so you can uh send us any questions comments or concerns uh either by email at info.lessons for you at gmail.com that is info.lessons with an s l e s s o n s f o r y o u at gmail.com <laughs> um and then there's also facebook real time at real time talk podcast um and you can find us on instagram at real time underscore talk and yeah, stay in school. Sab school. Stay in Sab school. I guess you can also find us on YouTube. Yeah, at Real Time Talk. Way to mess up the outro, man. <laughs> mm -hmm.